Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The word of the Lord. Praise, praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. What is it like spending time in a borderland, a place between comfort and uncertainty, or a place between here and there? And it's not always simply a border between countries. Sure, Jesus was traveling between Galilee and Samaria, and just there, we can just simply disconnect from this reading. Well, I will only speak for myself, but I haven't been there, that place that is written about, that borderland. The truth is, scholars are not even sure where that place was. We just know that it was somewhere between here and there. Our other way of disconnecting with this text is over leprosy. My guess is many uh, of us don't have connections with people who have leprosy. Yes, there are versions of leprosy that are still around, even here in the United States. But if you look up the numbers, it, it is extremely rare. And even more, there are treatments today to cure what is now called Hansen's disease. So does anything, any of this even matter to us, this reading? How do we connect with a passage that includes borderlands and leprosy? I've heard a lot of uh, sermons on our text today, asking if I was going to be one of those ten, or was I the other nine. Of course, we like to focus on other stuff, or other people in this text. Actually, we don't want to uh, connect with other people or other stuff in this text. We are unwilling to see them in the world of us. But as Christians, as we are asked to minister to others, it is important to understand the borderland and who is there. It is only then that we can begin 
to minister to other people. Not where we are at, but where they are at. Now, this is when I announced, sorry, council, I'm just making this financial decision on my own. But this is the chance, this is the time where um, paid by the church, you guys have the option to travel between one of these places. The region between North Korea and South Korea, think about that. Or the region between Russia and the western part of Ukraine, now doesn't that sound fascinating? Or the region between Costa Rica and the United States. Okay, just kidding. Because I'm not sure any of us would really want to travel there. I mean, it's just too dangerous at the most, and at the least, it's just uncomfortable. And as I say that, and as we may think that, think of that in terms of being a Christian. But the borderland is much more than the boundaries of countries. I spoke a little bit about leprosy and how rare it is in the United States and the fact that it can be cured. But when the Bible speaks of leprosy, it is much different. Leprosy wasn't something that could be easily cured. And what the Bible doesn't tell us about the people with leprosy is that they were pushed out of the community intentionally. Yes, it was understood that it was contagious, but even more, it reminded people of death. The affected skin would look like the skin of a dead person, the color and the texture alike. I was listening to a podcast, um, and a scholar suggested that the person would look like a zombie, but of course wouldn't eat brains. So you would be, you would have to be walking with dead people all around. Like the show Walking Dead. Think about our society and death. I was uh, in the midst of the process of my brother dying. I was watching a TED talk um, about um, well, about death and dying um, and unexplained things that may happen. And this uh, this person in the TED talk talks about how hard we work at cleaning up death and the process of dying, how we quickly run away from it. We run away from any possible signs of death. I mean, we don't want anything around us to remind us of that. I mean, some of that has to, you look back in history where many, many years ago, when a person would die, people would come to the house and would visit with the family as the person lay in the parlor. In fact, as I spoke with my sister about the funeral of my brother, she said that my niece, my brother's oldest daughter, who was also a hairstylist, came over and cut his hair and styled it so that he looked his best for Wednesday. My sister was shocked. Even though this was her brother and she loves him dearly, she wanted to know why any 
would want to be near a dead body. So if you have people around you that remind you of death, and you are like my sister, you too would probably do everything you could to get rid of them, right? To move them away or you remove yourself. But it's not just about a physical death. I mean, anything can bring you to that borderline between life and death. That space between a happy marriage and a divorce. That space between friendship and enemy. That space between homeownership and homeless. The space between the desire to help and the place where you walk away. The space between a life and a death. Think about the people living in that borderland and the help that they need. Most of them don't want or expect you to bring them back to life or to fix it. They're not, they are not necessarily wanting you to bring you where you think they should be. They need somebody to be with them in that space and not to run away, not to be freaked out. They need you to walk with them and not judge them or their situation. Is that something you can do? On his way to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, remember, when we hear about Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, it is Jesus walking to his death. On his way to Jerusalem, when he finds himself in that space between life and death, Jesus spends some time in that borderland. He knows what it feels like. He knows because he has spent a lot of time in that space. He spends time with those who are physically sick and those who are possessed with demons. He spends time with the broken. He spends time with those who are marginalized and treated as the other. He spends time with those who are left alone and seen as dead. He comes to those in that space, in that land. The more time I spent on this text, the more I was seeing the world around me, the more I am drawn to the people in the text, the people in that borderland. They weren't asked by Jesus for their background, their history, including their faith, whether or not they were Jewish or or not as whether they were Jewish or not, because that would be central to the church at that time. If you weren't Jewish, then, well, you're another. They didn't have to be or do something else. Sure, nine of them didn't say thank you, but I also know that God is used to that. It's the way, it's, uh, the way humans are. We act. But what I love the most is that no matter where you are, no matter what the borderland looks for you, maybe in those spaces where you yourself 
are between life and death, that Jesus will always come to you in your hurt, in your pain, in your uncertainty, in your fear, in the time when you feel lost and alone. No matter where you are, Jesus comes to you to make you well and to send you on, his, on your way. Because he did that for all ten, not just the one. We, we tend to assume that the nine that went away were ungrateful, but the Bible doesn't say that. Maybe because maybe what happened is they went away and they shared that news with others, but we don't know. I don't think that the giving thanks, I think that is important. But I also think it is vital for us to understand the truth of the borderland, no matter how difficult it is, to know that you are not alone. No matter how hopeless things seem, you live in the promise of the resurrection from whatever your current death looks like. No matter how lost you are, Jesus comes and finds you and shows mercy to you. And it looks like love. Then he said to them, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Gift in that sentence. The gift held in that such sentence. To hear the words that the borderland isn't forever, and the borderland doesn't define you. To a promise of all that is to come. Get up and go. And how freeing that is. Thanks be to God.